America need prayer? Yes. Is the Bible true? Yes. If my people were called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and pray, Amen. I will hear from heaven. What else is he going to do? He's going to heal. Can America be healed? Somebody said yes. Yes. Yes, say oh yes it can. Hallelujah. It's an honor to minister the word to you. Uh, this morning, let's pray and get right into it. Ask God for listening ears. I believe today will be a blessing to you. It's always so rich together in His name, isn't it? Father, I thank You for this time we have together. You're precious, precious people. You want them to walk in the higher ways. You want them to walk, praise God, in victory in every area of their life. I want them to be a shining witness of how good You are and how great You are and just how much You love everybody. Let this word, Father, uh, come forth with accuracy and in love and help us to hear and do. May they be encouraged. May joy bubble up and believing bubble up in their heart in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Pastor Mark just blessed me yesterday, last uh, week. He ministered two separate uh, sermons. The morning sermon was on the name of Jesus. The second service also touched my life very, very deeply. Are you prepared for what God has prepared for you? That just phrase just went off in me. He ministered so many wonderful things. Friends, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, states that we are God's own handiwork in the Amplified, His workmanship. We've been recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. That we may do those works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them, living the miserable life which He... Oh, is that not what it says? Oh, I'm sorry. It says living the good life. Living the good life which He prearranged. Everybody say prearranged. Prearranged and made ready for us to live. Uh, You've either downloaded for free or on iTunes or go to our website and listen to last week's message, the 11. You, you already heard it, hear it again and again. But here's the thought. Can y'all hear me out there? All right. Here's a thought. We have had the unfortunate experience of arriving to places where things were not prepared. My wife and I took a wonderful cruise to Hawaii, to Hawaii. Actually, we flew to Honolulu a number of years ago when we were celebrating our 25th, I believe it was. Our 25th, thank you. <laughs> I know I look like I'm 19, but you know, we're, must be this good church. You stay young when you're in a church like this. We arrived in Honolulu at the terminal and there was nobody there, not a soul. We followed the directions, says, come over here to this terminal, and all these people are going to greet you and everything. And there was nobody there. And there's also a warning that if you miss the bus that's going to the boat, too late, you're out. So here we are in Honolulu. It's absolutely, we didn't even have our luggage there. There's no lights on, nothing. And we're looking at the paper, and the paper said, go here. And the preparations for this company said, this is where we're supposed to go. Well, I got a little bit antsy when I realized the bus is leaving in like 10, 15 minutes or something. And there's not a soul. Something is wrong. Friend, if, if you're in life and you're feeling empty and you're at the terminal of life and you feel like nothing's going on, you're in the wrong place. That's not the place that God has prepared for you. So I knew something was wrong. You should know something's wrong too. 
I mean, mama didn't raise a fool, but... <laughs> so we start. I found somebody with a little blue jumpsuit that looked like a maintenance person, and I asked them, where, where's this particular company? Uh, where in Norwegian or something? The, the, the cruise ship to Hawaii? Where's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They moved that over to a couple terminals. Over. It says, are you, kidding, are you kidding me? Yeah, go down there, several terminals. My wife and I grabbed our stuff. We started running over there. And when we got there, it was lined up with people like you couldn't hardly take three steps before somebody else is saying aloha and putting a lay on you. And, you know, aloha, welcome and putting the name tag and giving you all the goodies. And it was it's I'm not I'm not kidding you. It seemed like uh, especially on our way to the ship, it looked like they, they had hostesses lined up every few steps. There was somebody saying, ah, how you do? Aloha. And all that. But the preparations were there now. This is what I want to bring across to you. Not that we all need to go on a cruise, although that's not a bad idea. <laughs> the idea is God has prepared some things for you. And you know that you're in the right place. When you get all the welcoming committees and everything is going, you get all the things that are they're, they're happening in the correct way. And, and, and I've been in both ways on that trip. In my trip called life, I've been in places where there wasn't anything going on and there was, there was no peace and it was kind of like a, like a, an empty, uh, uh, organization. And then I've been in places where they were organized and they were ready for business. Hello. And they were welcoming and they had arranged things for me. And it's better to be in a place that's prearranged for you. Take care. I mean, don't, here, here's a quick little freebie. Don't try to do life without God, where He hasn't prearranged things for you. He's got some steps ordained just for you. Amen. And so on our journey of life, and this is all by way of introduction, on our journey of life, we don't have time to waste on trivial pursuit, mistakes, setbacks. Hello. You can't afford to go to Terminals that are empty. You've got to go to places that God has ordained you to be. Psalms 90 verse 12, in case you didn't catch this, pastor said it several times. We're not always going to be doing this, you know. You think we're going to be going to church for a for, for hundred years, people keep coming. No, Jesus is coming back. The end of the world is coming. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but we're not all going to be doing this forever. Hello. Things are going to change. He's going to split the eastern sky. In the meantime, here we are today. Part of the body of Christ, enjoying Him. Hallelujah. Somebody said hallelujah. Hallelujah. But David said something very key in Psalms 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days. Why is it that sometimes we live like, like there's no tomorrow, just infinite, like careless? I mean, really, please. You cannot play Nintendo for 653 hours. Hello. Your thumb, first of all, your thumbs will fall off. <laughs> Your eyeballs will glaze over. But secondly, really? Isn't there something better in life to do than play Nintendo? Okay, now I'm getting on the other side. Really? On the older set. Really? 30 rounds of golf in two days? Really? Really? Just how many Netflix can you possibly watch in three days? Hello? There's so much more that we need to do in life besides, is it wrong to golf? Is it wrong to play Nintendo? Put your stones down. No, it ain't wrong to do that. I had boys in my family. I know what Nintendo, Xbox, all that stuff. 
But what we're talking about is there's a purpose for why you're here. Don't let those things, those little little things that are fun, don't let them take over your life to where you're missing your divine appointments. And Pastor was so good about thing. Uh, he was, yesterday he talked about managing your life, cutting things off that need to. You know what? What used to work a couple years ago, you're in a different state state of life right now. You have, you, you have the potential that's different and greater today than two, three, four, five years ago. Hello. You cannot afford to just sit there in the exact same place academically, spiritually, in your relationship that you were 10 years ago. We might as well put you on ice. <laughs> Trivial pursuits. So you got to, I mean, you heard the message last week. For those who didn't, got to grab it again. But we are in a, we are in a day and time that's, very, that's critical. And it's, it's wonderful, it's glorious, and yet there are some critical appointments that we must keep. And it says in Hebrews chapter 12, one, Therefore, amplified, then since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who've borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and the sin which so readily and deftly, cleverly clings to us and entangles us. Now, just because something is not illegal, immoral, or fattening, <laughs> doesn't mean that you really need to be doing that. You really got to take an inventory of your life of what am I doing with the, this thing, this gift called life that God has given me? Why am I here? And how can I best use my time on this planet earth to be a blessing? What does God require of me? And he says, throw aside encumbrances, unnecessary weights that so readily and deftly, cleverly cling to us and tangle us. Let's run with patience, patient endurance, the steady and active persistence, the appointed course. You have an appointed course, a race that is set before you. And the way you're going to run this thing and win is like the rest of us, like everyone through the ages has had to do this. You are no different. I am no different. Pastor or person in the pew, it makes no difference. We've got to look to Jesus who is the leader, the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief. Uh, King James says, the author and the finisher of our faith. But let me just touch something here as we begin to move into today's message. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 through 19, we realize uh, something very interesting. Simon Peter answered and said to Jesus, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said this in answer to Christ's question when he said, Who do men say that I am? And then Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, pay attention to some of this, you know, he says, I also said to you, you're Peter, which means Petros in this case, in the Greek means a, a large piece of rock, but on this rock, the fact that I am Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, that's a huge rock, the Petra, like Gibraltar. I am going to build my church. So Jesus is on a building program, isn't he? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus is in a building project. He's building his church and he's establishing the kingdom of heaven. With that... 
Let's look at a little parable today. There were several parables in the Bible that Jesus gave, but today we're going to use one as our model for the next few moments together. Matthew chapter 25. If you have a Bible, please turn there. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to set this up and we'll go portion by portion. First service, I read the entire scripture. I think I'm going to wait and just go portion by portion. First, the first thing that I'm going to do in order for you to have a good life on the earth, to live purposefully and to accomplish, and when you get to the end of your life, to feel like you're satisfied. The, one of the first things that, I am, that is impressed in my heart that we must grasp is the concept of ownership. Ownership. When you consider ownership, it changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you act. It changes the way that you spend your time. Now, here's a clear example. Let's say I want to take the missus to a nice getaway in Monterey, but I don't want to ride in a same old, thank God for it, but Toyota Highlander. Let's say I want to drive a sports car. And so I say, you know what? I'm going to call Chris because I know Chris loves me. He loves me. He my brother. And he's got an awesome sound system. Blow out the windows all the way to, uh, to, uh, to Monterey. And I'm going to ask him, Chris, I want to take the missus, me and the honey, down to Monterey. But can I, can I drive your car? Would you loan me your car? Well, of course, he'd say, Sure. Sure. There wasn't too much enthusiasm in that. Sure. I'm excited. I'm about to go to Monterey, drive down one with my honey. I'm going to cruising, catch some sun, eat some food. Never mind the rest. Stop it, Charles. Anyway, how many of you know that when I get behind the wheel of that car, something will be different? In the way that I feel, in the way that I drive, it's different. You get a rental car, it's different. Not only it handles a little differently, but you know that that attendant was looking at all the bumps and making all the scratches. Okay, now you sign right here and if anything comes back messed up, you pay for it, right? Okay, you sign right there. You know, you have, and then you get behind the wheel of that automobile and something feels different. It's not your car. And you're going to give an account. When you drive the baby back, you know it's going to be inspected, don't you? So as much as Chris loves me like a brother, if I bring his car and the bumper's hanging and the mirror broke off and the windows are broken, we got a problem. Because it's not my... We're talking about ownership. Ownership establishes everything, really. And so you're more careful when you drive a rental car or when you drive somebody else's car. At least you should be this generation. I know people say, great, let's go crash that one too. No, 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 no. (laughs) I have news for you. Everything that you are, from the breath to the socks to the coat and the shirt on your back, you belong to God. Every day, your time is a gift from God. 
Think about that. We're challenging you to think a little bit. Oh, they just want more of our money. No, this has, this has very little to do with money today. This, ta- this is a lot greater than money. First Corinthians put it this way. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. And that's something, even your body, no matter how good looking you think it is. Right, Charles? Look at that good looking man right there. Look at that good looking girl right there. Hallelujah. Mm, praise the Lord. I better, come, I better come over here and get me in trouble. It's not yours. Who does it belong to? It belongs to him. So something happens when you realize that your time, your energy, all the training you've ever gotten, your ability to think, all your gifts, and everybody's got gifts. Come on. It all belongs to him. All belongs to him. Are we getting along okay today? I think I got your attention. Hallelujah. So with that, I am going to move away from the paradigm that says, this is my life. I'll live the way I want to live my life. This is my stuff. No, it isn't your stuff, and it's not your life. As a matter of fact, if you really want your life, like Jesus said, you need to lose your life in him. Find his life, and you're going to really live. Now, we'll get more into that later. But Matthew... 25 verse 14 and 15. We're going to start here with an understanding that Jesus is in business. Today we're having a business class. What did you learn today? Oh, we learned business administration in church today. Oh, that's really good, mom. Let's go to human resources right now. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to the other two, and to another one, and to each according to his own ability. Oh, there's so much in that one verse. You have no idea. We could be here till next week. But the first thing I'm going to say is, he called these people, his servants. Who, whose were they? His servants. He delivered to them whose goods? His goods means that's ownership, right? His goods. And to one... Of these servants, he gave five of his talents to the other two and to the other one. Did you notice they were differing amounts? There is a kind of a general feeling of entitlement that we all should have the same thing. That's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. That everybody, hey, you got you got ten and I I only got one. Gee, man, you got to share that. We all need to have. You know, everybody gets three. Okay, and now we're happy. Everybody got three. That's not how the kingdom works. To some, he gave five. To another, he gave two. And to the other, he gave one. Why? Each according to his own ability. And when you take responsibility, what you are doing is you are responding to the ability that you have. That's what responsibility is. You have been given... An ability from God. And when you respond to that ability. Now some people can do this. Because that's where they are in life. They can do five. Other people taking care of two. That's where they need to be. So don't compare yourself with other people. And don't think that you're going to get something because you're younger. Not get something because you're younger. Or that you deserve to get something because you're older. Or because you're educated. Or because you're good looking. Hello. 
It's the gifts from God. He gives them to us. That's, that's in there for free. And if you want to look uh, scripture for that, 2 Corinthians 10, 12 talks about don't compare yourself with each other. That's not a good idea. But so we saw that human resources, God's working this like a business, right? Oh, by the way, what's the title of the message today? Taking care of business. So we've already been to human resources and we saw who's got what ability and the goods have been, the inventory, if you will, has been distributed. Is that right? Somebody say amen. So here we go. The inventory. Here are the talents. He gave five, two, one, each to his ability. Friends, I want to I share at least one scripture with you that absolutely, wow, blessed my life. Would you please turn to John chapter 3, verse 27. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. This one scripture capsulizes it all while you're turning to John chapter 3, verse 27. I'm going to just allude to other scriptures. 2 Peter 1, 3 says, God, according as His divine power, has given, given, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. James 1, 17 says, Every good and every perfect gift comes from where? From above. And it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Is that right? Psalms 84.11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those that walk uprightly. Now let's go to the scripture that you've turned to, John 3.27. That's for free. John answered, A man can receive nothing... He can claim nothing. He can take nothing to himself except it has been granted to him from where? From heaven. A man must be content to do what? Receive the what? The gift, in our context, the ability, same thing for us today, which is given him from where? Now I want you to catch this. There is... No other source. I want you to catch that. There is no other source. If God doesn't give it to me, I don't want it. What do you mean if God doesn't give it to you? You know, so many people have been ruined by fame and fortune. Foolishness. They weren't ready. They didn't have the ability. And in some artificial roulette sense, they won the, the game and collected $20 million and it was to their ruin because they did not have the character, hello, to manage that. They did not have the giftedness. That's why, in, in, are you, Pastor Tom, are you preaching against prosperity? Absolutely not. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prospering enough, you can't handle it. So if my father doesn't give it to me, I don't want it. I don't want any shortcuts. Satan went to Jesus, tempted him, you know, in the wilderness. says, hey, if you would just bow down and worship me, all these kingdoms I'll give to you. 
You don't even have to go to the cross. Think about that. Sweet deal. That wasn't his father giving it to him, was it? That wasn't the plan. Did Jesus take him up on his offer? No. Like Pastor Mark said, I don't know when, he says, get thee behind me. He says, oh, it was Wednesday night service. The word, the sword of the spirit. He fought the enemy with sword spirit. Of course, he didn't take a shortcut. Don't go looking for shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. Just live right. Serve God. Follow what you're hearing across the pulpits of anointed preachers that are really hearing from heaven, scriptural, and you'll be fine. You're going to make it to the other side. All right. So, where were we? Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Oh, the source. There is no other source. So, unless your father gives it to you. Okay. So, here we go. Here's a point for you. You might want to write down. You, we are responsible to manage what God has given. That's what we are. The same way that I have to manage my friend's car if I'm borrowing his car. Or how about you have this child, these children God has given you. You are, they are a gift from God. You need to take, well, that's my son. Well, yeah, sure, the paperwork, your son has your name. But did you know they're God's? That you have to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And it's such a, such a, such a, a, a way that they would know God and not be hurt. You've got to protect them. You've got to provide for them. Hello! Provide direction for them. Amen. You'd be surprised how many people don't do that. They just throw their kids to programs and such. And just don't invest anything. Don't get me started. There's so much more here. But anyway. So... Um, The next thing we're going to talk about is this managing thing. We're talking about stewardship. Would you please look at verse 16 of our text, Matthew 25. Everybody still with us? Say, yeah. Uh. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received and gained two, likewise he had received two, gained more, two more also. And he, but, and he received one, went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Again, this parable is a description of the kingdom of heaven. And actually, it is a description of how you can play your life out. There's a good way to play and a bad way to play. Who wants to play the right way? Let's talk about a steward, a person that managed somebody else's property. I think that point has been abundantly clear by driving my friend's car to Monterey. One who administers something that belongs to another. A person who has a charge of something of the other, buying or obtaining uh, goods and such, directing uh, servants, doing business, if you will. Now, I want to read something to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, because we're managers. Everybody say manager. Now a person, this is 1 Corinthians 4, 2. A person who is put in charge as a manager must be, what's the word? Say it. Say it louder. You know, it's really hard to find faithful people. I had no idea how hard it was to find a faithful person. You know, I've, I've been in the church for quite a number of years. And in building certain teams, I really, really needed faithful people. And one day I was driving around. It wasn't my fault. It was Gabe's fault. He's the one that flipped the radio on, kind of surfing. And I heard a song that I never heard before. Because you know my, my story. I, I was brought up in church, third generation minister, third generation ministry. I was taught, you don't listen to the radio and no, none of that rock and roll. So I never, 
heard that, you know, never heard the Rolling Stones and all that stuff. I learned about that in church. You know, Pastor Mark taught me. uh, Papa was a Rolling Stone and and my girl and and all that. You know, I learned that from him. You know, that's about the extent. But my son was flipping through the channels and man, some song just got my attention Ain't got nobody that I can depend on. And it went, well, wait, 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 don't turn the channel. Wait, wait, let me hear that. And it came up again. Ain't got nobody that I can depend on. And the guitar was good. I said, what is that? I never heard that before. And then I, I said, I said, man, that could be a theme song for me. I'm the, and the Holy Spirit grabbed me right away. That's why you got to be careful about what you listen to. The Holy Spirit grabbed me and said, you better not make that your theme song or it'll be a reality for you. You cannot afford to not have people that you can depend on. You need faithful people. You got to call them in. But he made a good point, that guy. By the way, I've since found out that was Santana. And Santana, his, his mom lived across the street from us at 2367 Bryant Street in San Francisco. So Santana would go regularly across the street. I didn't know who the guy was. That's what you get for being third generation minister guy. I had no I, I didn't even know I was supposed to go up to him and ask him for, man, if he saw me today, he'd say, hey, brother Santana, I got me a Paul Reed Smith just like you, brother. I can cut it just like you can. <laughs> Man, there, we, there he was, Santana, right across the street, regular basis. I didn't even know who it was. The guy that was going to help me preach my message today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, help comes from strange places. You know, usually when somebody's going to go into management, it's a compliment. I have a niece that's going to Sonoma State. She's a senior. She's going to graduate this year. And she is so well-loved by a company, a retail company up in the Sonoma area, in the northern bay, that they have, they had retained her and said, we want you. She started working there as a younger kid, you know, 16 or 17 maybe. And they liked her so much and now she got... She's getting her degree at Sonoma State and said, we like you so much. We want you to go into upper management. We want you to go corporate. You're the girl we want. So before she even graduates, that girl Jessica has already got position. While there's all these people that don't have position, they're all getting degrees and the same thing, but this girl already has something waiting for her. You know, a really good paying job. But for us... We think like, wow, Jessica, that's great. Yeah, we're being called up by corporate. I got news for you. Corporate is calling you. You're being called to upper management. Hello. They want, God wants you, in the, as we're building the kingdom of God here, He wants you to step up to the plate and go up, and you're being promoted to management. Hallelujah. We're going corporate around here. Somebody said amen. amen. Now, dear managers, today as I'm addressing you, you must be found faithful. Let me tell you what faithful means, dear managers, you gifted, faithful managers, you. Strict or thorough in the performance of your duty. True to your word. When you say you're going to be there, you're there. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. You keep your promises, you keep your vows, and you're trustworthy. You don't steal from the company. You don't fool around with the secretary. Just checking. You're steady in your allegiance because you're a manager now. You're steady in your allegiance and your affection and you're loyal to this company. You don't go playing with the other competitors. You stay, you've got company secrets, you're going to keep it right here. Amen. 
You're going to be loyal and constant. You're going to be reliable. We are, we are so going to trust you and believe in you. And you, we're, you're, you're the kind of person that you're going to be relied on. Now, let's go back, dear friends, to the people that really don't have it. You've got it, but other people don't have it. Uh, Proverbs 20 and verse 6. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find... Proverbs 26 in the Good News Translation. Everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is, but just go out and try to find somebody that really is. Friends, without faithfulness, so many things just begin to unravel. A huge earmark of faithfulness is diligence. Can you go with me for that just a moment? Diligence. What what is diligence? It's characterized by steady, earnest, energetic effort. Conscientious. You pay proper attention to a task and you're very thorough. We are surrounded with incompetence. What happened at the Exxon Valdez? What happened over there across the bay, the, the PG&E uh, a pipe that blew up? Hello! These are people that were managers. Hello! They were not the greatest managers. They didn't take care of... I thought... Come. They weren't taking care of... Oftentimes you will see... Things just begin to fall apart in big accidents because people are asleep at the wheel and they're not taking care of it. So it's really hard to find a faithful person that really is conscientious. Hard, persistent effort. This person is marked by by being industrious, thorough, conscientious, and they, they put their energy and they put their heart into what they do. That's one of the reasons why I really like Heart of the Bay Christian Center. This is the most... Not kidding you. This is the most organized church I have ever been in. It is. They run this thing like a business. They don't just throw you at some line and say, now do this. They train you. You get information. Hello. It's sure that you are prepared and then they cut you loose to do what you're gifted to do. I love that. Praise God. Without diligence, without faithfulness, relationships fall apart. Marriages fall apart. Companies falter. Kingdoms fall. Why? People aren't taking care of business. But, you know, we are supposed to be the faithful. Amen? Let's see where I can go from here. Praise God. How many of you are having a good time so far? In the... As we go on with our text, Matthew 20, verse 20 through 23, the stewards at work. So he, verse 20, so he that had received five talents came and brought five other talents. I'd say he was industrious, wouldn't you? Lord, you delivered me five. Look here, I've gained five more talents besides. His Lord said to him, what did he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, by the way, that, that were mine. I will make you ruler over how many things? Many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also that received two talents did the same thing. Lord, you delivered two. I've gained two more. And what did the Lord say? His Lord said, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful of a few things. I will make you what? Ruler over many. Enter into the joy. Now there's something you've got to catch there about the joy of the Lord. In the Amplified, it says, enter, in, enter into and share. How do you like to get freebies from the company? Here, we're going to give you a company shares and dividends. When you get into that zone, you begin to enjoy what he enjoys. 
That's when abundance begins to flow. Look at this. Enter into and share the joy, the delight, and blessedness which your master enjoys. You know, the, the big guy at the desk, the guy that's at the top. Yeah, you know, the guy with the yacht and all that. Jesus, what Jesus is saying, because you were faithful in what I gave you to do, now I want you to come and be with me. Now you're going to enjoy what I got. Come over here. Let's go on a yacht. Let's go on a cruise. Let's go this and that. Help me out a little bit. That's where the, I'm telling you, that's how it works in the kingdom of heaven. You're faithful with what he's giving you. And all of a sudden he says, come in. I, you, you're, you've been authorized manager. You are top of the line. You are coming up to court. Come on up here and enjoy what I enjoy. Let's have some steak and lobster. I'm getting hungry. I'll forget that. Let's have some fish tacos. Hallelujah. But what do you see in the world today? You see a lot of, of what happened. The, the, the servant that said, Lord, I, I, thought, you know, I thought you were a hard man, reaping what you didn't sow, gathering what you didn't scatter seed. And I was afraid. Fear does not work. If you got fear in your life, get it out. This is not the house of fear. This is the house of faith, hope, and love. Amen. I was afraid. I went and I hid. That talent of yours. And then he came up to him and he said, let's see if I could go that verse 26. So you, uh, it says, I knew that you were certain gather what I'm not read. So basically, here, here, here it is what you have. See, the master is not looking just to get back what, you, what he gave you. That'll tell you that Jesus is increased minded and... You're cutting yourself short if you think you're just going to hand them something you buried it in the ground. God is giving you gifts, friends. He's giving you abilities. He's giving you time and influence. Use it to the best of your ability to build the kingdom of God. I guarantee you, you're either going to have two phrases at the end of your life. Either I wish I would have or I'm glad I did. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm persuaded that we're saying I'm glad I did. That's what I believe we, we want. But we are covered with people, we are surrounded with people that are idle, people that are lacking in ambition or purpose, people that are lacking in resourcefulness or efficiency, incompetent people, lacking initiative. I mean, even the lepers had initiative. They said, why sit we here till we die? Let's do something. I'm trying to tell you, no matter what your station in life is, if you're in the middle of a lawsuit, if you're in, if you're in a situation, if you're in a health situation that is just devastating, remember this: God will always give you something. You can do something. Whatever you've got in your hand that you can do, do it, and God will be with you. What do the lepers do? Says, "Why are we sitting here till we die?" I mean, hey, I'm hungry. You hungry? Yeah, man. I could. I could use some chicken, man. Give me some vittles, man. I wonder if they got fish tacos over there. So let's go. Yeah, yeah, you, you right on, man. Let's go. Uh, let's go. And God got on their initiative. I'm telling you, God's going to get on your initiative. Do something. Follow his lead. Respond to the ability on the inside. Throw that in for free. It's not in the notes. But what, what, I, what I do want to touch today is the word neglect. You hear about neglect. I'll bring it up this way because I wanna, don't want to be too long on time. But have you ever heard of 
of child neglect. You know, CPS comes in. Why? Because some people, they take a vacation and they leave a, a nine-year-old and a three-year-old in, locked up in some apartment somewhere while they're gone for weeks and expect the nine-year-old to take care of the three-year-old. What do you call that? Neglect. How about, how about husbands and wives? You know, you, you haven't had a decent, intimate conversation for three years. <laughs> and husbands, I'm going to tell you right now, you better get on it because you are responsible. You're the head of that house. You haven't taken the time to figure out, you haven't talked to your kids. You're too busy playing golf or watching football. Oh, I felt the mood get real down. Don't worry, we'll get up in a second. You have no idea the state of the soul of your kid. You have no idea the stresses those kids are under. They're being teased at school, the challenges that they have. You have no idea. And all you care about is, are they getting good grades? Oh, they didn't get good grades. I told you to study. You're going to take these privileges away from you. Save us the hot air. Get in there. Stop neglecting the gifts that God has given you. Turn the TV off. Skip a game or two. Take Dads, take your daughter out on a date. Say, Daddy loves you. What's going on, honey? Tell me. Take your sons out. Hello. Spend some time. Oh, I, I felt I struck a chord there. I have heard of ministers that have dropped everything when their kid has a game. They will fly. They're they're doing a two-week meeting across the nation, but they will get in an airplane to make it home in time to watch Junior play basketball and fly back. Yeah, it costs $700 more, but daddy's got to be in the bleachers. I don't care if it was written up in the newspaper. I feel like Dr. Cho. Dr. Joe Cho would say, everybody would say, oh, Dr. Cho, real nice sermon today, real nice sermon. But he didn't care about that. He wanted mama to say, is it a good sermon? He says, how'd I do, honey? Gee, honey, that sounds... Gee, honey, that sounds great. Yeah, he, he wants mama, he wants to hear from her. Neglect. Well, how about those gifts that you have? You know, God gave you an idea. He given you ability. How about starting that business? I'm just saying. How about taking initiative? What are you waiting for? You want an invitation? Here's the invitation. Do something. Respond to the ability God's given you. Don't be like the guy that took and buried his in the sand. Amen, somebody? Amen. Now, let me tell you something. To the person that uses what God gave them, they're good managers. This is what happens. I've got a little story and then I'm kind of winding down to close. In verse 29 of our text, it says, For to everyone who has, will more be given. And he will have what? He will have an abundance. But from him who has, who does not have, even what he has, 
will be taken away. Several ministers that are a number of ministers that I have seen. I have a personal testimony for you, but but I've heard of people like like Jerry Savelle. Do you think Jerry Savelle, Doctor Jerry Savelle, really needs another motorcycle? No. He was here. You know, they did that rally. He closed up his shop with all his collector cars and all his collector motorcycles. Gave all his Harleys away. Hello, and in short order. The Lord, people just started giving him Harley Davidsons and giving him all these sports cars to the point that he went out there to one of those little rallies and they said he won the prize. And then they said, what do you do for a living? I'm a preacher. Hey, everybody, this dude here's a preacher. How many want to hear him preach? All right. And he went and preached and got a bunch of bikers saved. Hello. He needs another motorcycle like a submarine needs a screen door. How about Norville Hayes? The Lord says to him, son, somebody's going to come and I'm going to bless you with another business, another piece of property, another building. He goes, Lord, Lord, stop. Stop. I, mean, I don't need it. I got all the money. I'm running so, what, 30 businesses or something. And I got all the property I need. How come you're going to bless me with that? Give it to somebody that needs it. Listen carefully. I don't need it. And the Lord says, because I just want to bless you with it. Friends, he doesn't need another another business or more money. The guy's already independently wealthy. Hello? But here you see happening that principle that to him that's faithful, faithful to respond to the ability that God has given him and to put it to use and to manage it, to be careful to use it as unto God. Use your time, your talents, your energies, your treasures, your schooling, the very breath you breathe. You use it for the glory of God. To that end, the Lord says, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Enjoy life the way I have it. You're going to have abundance. What's abundance? An extremely plentiful or over sufficient quantity or supply. An abundance of grain, overflowing fullness, abundance, affluence, wealth, the enjoyment of abundance. And I'm going to close with a little story to try to encourage you to be faithful with what God and diligent with what God has put in your hand to do. I was pretty happy. I mean, I'm a pretty happy guy when it comes to guitars. (laughs) I've collected so many guitars, I don't know how many I have. They're in closets, under beds, if, you know, in, on display, behind walls, in closets, in attics. That can't. Anyway, I just, I just like them, and I play them. And if Santana was here, I'd say, okay, excuse me, we're going to play this. No, excuse me, Santana, just a minute, I'm going to play this for you. But the other day, I was thinking, you know, I want another Strat. I think I want me another Strat, a different kind. Okay. So I started looking for one, and I spotted one. Because the Lord has given me the anointing to spot. <laughs> I bay, you bay, we bay for eBay. Actually, this was, this was Craigslist. <laughs> so I said, wow, an HSS Strat, mint condition, and he only wanted $200. Wow. I said, like, wow. For real? There must be a misprint. <laughs> So I call, and is this guitar, it can't possibly still be available. Is it still available? Yes. He says, wow, okay, I'll be right by. So that day, 
I drove my way to Alameda, and I met with this gentleman, and there it was. Had my name all over it. I need another guitar the way a submarine needs a screen door. <laughs> and I said, really? Wow, she's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, and I began to converse with him just a little bit. And um, this is a little bit on the sad side, but don't get sad because it's a principle in the kingdom of God. He, I was able to discern that the reason why he was selling this was because he was in des- a desperate situation financially. And he said to me, I hate to, to sell something that I love so much. His last words to me was, enjoy it. And he kind of began to tear up and he whined away because guys don't like to cry in front of girls. So I'm standing there like, I mean, I just got a deal. <laughs> I got a real, but, but I said, I just, I feel like I just broke this guy's heart, you know. And I just stood there and I said, Lord, I can't, after that, I can't take this. This is, this was his favorite guitar. And I felt, I felt really bad. But I also heard the scripture come up in my scripture, in my heart. And it said, to him that hath will more be given. And to him that hath not. Even what he has is going to be taken away. I could have given him ten guitars, but not shortly thereafter, he would lose them all anyway because he wasn't a steward. He wasn't a good manager of what God had given him. That w- the first thing is you have to be a steward over your soul and your heart and give it to Jesus Christ, which is why in a few moments I'm going to ask you, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you better give your life to Jesus today. Because you're not managing your life very well. You're doing life without Him. Trying. But basically, I felt that. And now I have another guitar to add the collection. It's not, it's, it's, it's not such... It's, it's a trophy to God's goodness and His truth. Yes. That if you are faithful in a little, He will make you ruler over much and you'll have an abundance. Ridiculous excess. It's ridiculous excess. That's God's way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my friends.